0: If you have your Bible, you can open with me once again to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. And as has become our custom the past two weeks, I've given you a blank outline out of the joy of my heart uh, for you. And uh, just figured we should go ahead and finish the trilogy of three blank outlines. And so uh, today you have the opportunity to write whatever the Lord puts onto your heart in this theme of grateful generosity with the topic of treasure. Now, as we kind of come to the conclusion over these past three weeks, and we have a month of stewardship here at our church, I've given you three stewardship sermons on time, talent, and this morning on treasure. We also recognize that stewardship really never ends, does it? You don't come to the end of this and say, thank goodness Mark is done talking about stewardship, we can finally get an outline again and go on with our lives. No, we we always recognize that day in and day out, we have been called to steward the seasons and times and places that God has put and entrusted to us well. Uh, we don't just end this season and then say, well, we're done with stewardship. We're done stewarding our stuff. We're done stewarding our seasons. No, we recognize that even though the stewardship season at our church may be coming to an end next week, as believers, we steward everything, every day, all the time, in every way. We are called to be sacred stewards Of all that God has entrusted to us constantly. So, while we kind of come to the conclusion of this stewardship season next week, we recognize that as believers, we continue to press in to be good stewards of all that God has entrusted to us. Now, this morning, we're going to look specifically at the idea and the the theme of treasure, grateful generosity of our treasure. And I want to kind of pull ahead and give you maybe the end of the sermon, the kind of the hook at the beginning here of why my heart is tuned towards giving and why I cheerfully enjoy the process of giving. It's to see the results of what God does through and in the resources that I give. And so I just wanted to take us on a quick journey of maybe the past week, week and a half of what I have seen established, done in and through this church, through the gifts that are coming through this church. You know that when you give faithfully to our church, You give to a multitude of different things. Uh, One of them is church planners. We serve, or we are able to establish 30 church planner partners through our church. One of those is Thomas West. Thomas West is one of those church planner partners of the 30 different church planner partners that we support here at this church. And Thomas West and his church started right in the middle of the pandemic. And Thomas is baptizing believers. He's helping the gospel spread in one of the hardest to reach places in the world in the city of London. And week in and week out, because you give, Thomas is able to stay in London and baptize believers and preach the gospel and partner with other missionaries. It is phenomenal what Thomas and his team are doing in London. And that is just one of the 30 church planning partners. You continue on and you have guys like Dwayne and Terrence who we continue to support to do incredible things right here in the city of Montgomery. In fact, just last week, you supported the hip hop rally through your gifts and Montgomery's First Baptist Church supported the hip hop rally which saw nine people come to faith in Jesus last weekend. It's incredible. You supported not just financially, but you were there. Some of our church members were there praying for the hip-hop rally to be supported, and nine people coming to faith in Jesus through the hip-hop rally last weekend. That's pretty amazing, is it not? Your gifts supported things like the hip-hop rally and Dwayne and Terrence to continue doing ministry in the heart of our city. But we continue on. You got the Fall Festival, which was last weekend. You see, 550 people came to the fellowship hall on a rainy Sunday night, 550 people on a rainy night that other churches may have canceled. We said, let's keep this thing going and let's re-architect our fall festival. So down in the fellowship hall, 550 people came downstairs into a crowded room to enjoy fall festival together. But even better than that, half of the 550 that came were not church members to our church. And a staggering majority of those were from our English as a Second Language program, hearing the gospel for the first time, being poured into week after week from our incredible English as a Second Language and CE groups. Incredible what happened just a couple weeks ago in Fall Festival. Let's keep going a little bit further. Just a few weeks ago, uh, planted at the Master's Garden, 1,500 strawberry plants. 1,500 strawberry plants planted in the heart of Chisholm at the Nehemiah Center at the Master's Garden by the sweat equity of some incredible volunteers. 1500 strawberry plants. Do you know how many strawberries that is? A lot of strawberries. (laughs) Lots. And it's amazing that those strawberries are not just planted, but they're grown and the fruit of which would help our Caring Center meet the needs of people and go out to our community and spread out so the gospel can be given through a strawberry plant. It is remarkable because you give to First Baptist Church what happens through your time, talent, and effort at the Master's Garden. But let's keep this train going. At the Caring Center today, I hope that you brought back a bag of goodies to put behind your car, right? Oh man, come on. You did, right? I hope you did. If you didn't, you can still give it. But at the Caring Center, hundreds of families have their food needs met week after week after week, clothing and food, financial assistance through the new building at the Arbor Street, 380 Arbor Street, every single week. Many of you volunteer week after week. You give financially and you give of your stuff and canned goods so that we can meet human needs in the name of Jesus. And every canned good that's given is partnered with the gospel message week after week after week because you give faithfully. And just last week, it was joyful to see my wife's Women on Mission group go over and, and share and bring diapers and goods and all the different people that serve and volunteer on a week-to-week basis so the Caring Center can get the good news message of the gospel by meeting human needs in the name of Jesus. But let's keep this train going, right? Last week at Baldwin Bible Study, this is just phenomenal. Last Wednesday night, 75 students came across the street after school on a Wednesday afternoon from Baldwin to our, our student center. Let me just tell you how even more cool this is, if that's even a word, that at the beginning of uh, the school year, there were 12 students coming. After the fire and after the pandemic, we had to stop Baldwin Bible Study. So the first week back, 12 students came to Baldwin Bible Study. And last week, over 75 students trickled their way from Baldwin over across the street into our student center. And because you give to First Baptist Church, we can open our church to Baldwin to share the gospel. Week after week, Andrew pours his heart into those students coming across the street from Baldwin. Is that not remarkable to see? Let's keep this train going. Last week we had disaster relief, uh, many of our church, over a hundred of our church members are trained in disaster relief, ready when a disaster happens, we can deploy out. And we just had a team, Tim and, Tim and Sherry Powell, came back from Arcadia, Florida, helping people rebuild after the hurricane. A hundred of our church members trained, ready to go. We have a disaster relief trailer, trailer ready to deploy out. Because you faithfully give, we are ready to go and meet the needs of the people through a disaster. It's remarkable, 100 of our church members train and we have training coming up so be trained and be ready to deploy but let's keep the train going and you see our tutoring because you give, we have tutoring that meets every Wednesday night we are able to bring in children and tutor them and help them in math and science and reading and all sorts of wonderful things because you give of your time, your talent and your treasure to pour into those young hearts and help them learn math and science skills week after week after week after week but let's keep this train going. ESL, Monday through Wednesday, meets up in the fifth and sixth floor. There are like a hundred, over a hundred students from over 30 different nationalities come to First Baptist Church every day of the week to learn how to speak English by getting the gospel message. And is this not remarkable that right now we have mission teams going out, but we have over 30 countries coming into our church that we can share the gospel with week after week after week. Over 30 countries, that wall, South Korea, Mexico, all around the countries, right there where we are able to engage with them and love them and care for them and give them the gospel message. They're on our fifth and sixth floor at our church and we're not even going anywhere. It's pretty neat. Let's keep the train going. Last Thursday night, we have our college students from all different places. Our college ministry is just, just booming right now. It's a remarkable what Ryan and the team are doing. And as you know, we have connections family, so if you are from a different city, and you're coming to Montgomery to be a college student, we'll partner you with a, a church member, and we'll be your adopted family, and we'll just love on you, encourage you, and last Thursday night, we had this blowout gathering at the Denny's home. They opened their home to the college students, and there were college students everywhere, and lovingly come beside our faith family members right beside a college student to love them, encourage them, feed them, bring them dinner, lunch, and just care for them in the most loving of way. It was beautiful to see last Thursday night, but let's just keep this train going. Right now, there's a team in Mexico which is pouring the gospel into our Mexico church planners. And as of this morning, three people came to faith because of our team going to Mexico and developing partnerships with the local churches and the pastors there in Mexico, training and encouraging them. So three on this most current mission trip came to faith in Jesus with our four that went to Mexico. And then let's keep this train going right now. Right now, our team from India is on their way back. We dedicated seven churches. First Baptist Church Montgomery dedicated seven churches to the glory of God in India with 130 coming to faith in India with 80 church pastors and Christian leaders trained to take that gospel message out. This is just what happened in the past week and a half here at this church. And this is all that I had pictures of. This is why I joyfully, lovingly, Give all that I can to this church of my time, my talent, and my treasure. You see what a week and a half yields at this church. I can't even mention the children's choirs. I can't mention the Bible fellowship classes. All the different ways in which you give your time, your talent, and your treasure. And what a joy to see the investment and the fruit that comes from it. When we lovingly come together as a faith family to give of our time and our talent and our treasure. It makes massive eternal dividends. And so the question this morning is how do we steward that treasure individually? The Bible talks about money and finances not just once or twice, but the Bible speaks on a multitude of occasions because we see that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And so we need to be introspective. We need to be wise in our handling of our money. It's one of the leading causes of divorce. It's, American families have masses amounts of debts in advertising industry that continues to tell you that all that you have is not good enough and that you always need something better or more. And so we're living in a time and a place that we need as believers to demonstrate another way. A way that we would be wise in our stewardship, that we would celebrate the victory of eternal life and salvations and eternal fruit it has been had. So let's turn our attention to Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6-8. through 8. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it is written." He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. Let's look at our first point this morning. It's just simply this stewardship through intentionality stewardship through intentionality when you read this text you see that it says the point is this whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly and in verse 7 each one must give as he has decided in his heart stewardship happens through intentionality none of us accidentally wake up and stumble into stewardship we don't stumble into christian maturity we don't stumble into investing properly we don't stumble into any of these things Each of us are wise in our doings, and so we decide in our own heart, which comes along with three additional words, which is prayer, planning, and implementation. As we steward through intentionality, it means that we first come to the table, as I've tried to encourage us to do, with that commitment card, with our finances, with our gifts, on the table to say, Lord, thank you for all of this. Lord, let me be prayerful in how I handle everything that you've entrusted to me. A plan starts with prayer. And the Bible says each one has decided in his heart. Friends, we've got to then decide in our heart what we're going to give. We've got to decide in our heart how we're going to be utilized for his kingdom purposes. It starts first and foremost with the decision in our heart to gratefully sit down with all that he has entrusted to us and say, Lord, let me me see what this looks like. I think a mistake that we make is just simply to believe that it'll just happen organically, it'll just happen naturally. But you see, scripturally, we decide in our heart through prayer, through planning and implementation. We don't accidentally sow bountifully. We don't accidentally stumble into our Christian maturity. We don't accidentally stumble into a wise stewardship of our time, our talent, and our treasure. It is an intentional decision that we make. We steward the gifts that God has given us with intentionality, with focus, with prayer, and with planning. If we're not careful, we can look down and see that all of our time has been spent, all of our money has been spent, and all of our treasure is just gone. But if we're not prayerful, if we're not intentional with our planning, friends, then we will look back and see that we have wasted a good chunk of our intentionality in our time. But stewardship first and foremost starts with intentionality. But second, stewardship sees gain rather than loss. Stewardship sees gain rather than loss. If you continue on, it says, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver is how each one should decide in his heart. Now, I'm not much of a planter or a gardener or any of these kind of things, but I do know that if I were to go today and go to the store and pick up some seed, And if I were to till the garden and till the soil and get it ready, if I went and planted those seeds, I would guess that I would not lay in bed at night saying, man, I hate that I lost those seeds. I spent a lot of money on them. Man, I probably shouldn't have planted those seeds. I probably should have kept them. Oh man, should I go dig them up? Hmm. No, we don't see the planting of the seeds as a loss of the seed. We anticipate and look forward to the fruit of the planting of the seed. In the same way, when we give of our time, our talent, our treasure, we don't see those things as a loss. We see it as a look at this kingdom gain that is to be had. That's why as I look at these screens and I saw all these pictures, it is a joy thinking about the money and the tithe that I give to our church and seeing the fruit that it yields. When I invest in souls through intentional discipleship, I don't think about it as a waste of my time. I think about who that person is going to become. When I lay in the bed and I'm reading a book to my son, I don't think about, man, think of all the other things that I could be doing with my time. I think about what a joy that it is to invest in my son and my daughters for who they will become. Stewardship sees gain in what we do rather than a loss of our resources. When we give, we see the fruit, the eternal fruit and the dividend that it'll pay eternally when we continue to give and focus on our intentionality as a gain rather than loss. And then stewardship, number three, starts and ends with gratefulness. Stewardship starts and it ends with gratefulness. Now look, at, look again with me in verse 7. It says, for God loves a cheerful giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Now I, I've I've heard kind of that there's a cheat code here in the scripture. When we talk about tithing, there's, there's a little bit of a cheat code. I heard recently that somebody uh, had read this passage and they said, well, here's the deal. I got a, a bonus uh, at my job, it was $1,000. And I found that I was gonna give 10% of that, but I couldn't do it cheerfully. But I can really cheerfully give five bucks and I am super cheerful. And so if, Cheerful giver, God loves it. So five bucks, boom, boom, everything's good. Cheerful, super happy about it, pumped, five bucks. And at times I think that, take this verse and just say, if God loves a cheerful giver, I'm only gonna give to the point that I'm no longer cheerful. And when I bump against that line, I don't get credit for it eternally anyway. So (laughs) pretty good, right? If God only loves a cheerful giver, as soon as I hit that line, as soon as I hit it, boom, there's my number. I'm done. Well, may I encourage you that it's possible if God loves a cheerful giver, we don't need to figure out how we can give up to that line. We need to figure out how we can be more cheerful. At the end of the day, if stewardship starts with gratefulness, we need to learn how to grow in the cheerfulness of our giving. And so to do that, let me just give you two quick points and then we'll call it a morning. Growing in cheerfulness and giver starts and ends with gratefulness. You see in verse 11, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us produce thanksgiving to God. Gratefulness is the anecdote to a lack of contentment. Gratefulness is the anecdote to greed. Gratefulness is the anecdote to so many ills of our flesh. It's gratefulness. You see, Scripture tell us in Philippians chapter 4, when we pray, how do we pray? With a heart of thanksgiving to God. You see, the the thread of thankfulness is woven throughout the entirety of Scripture. That when we have a struggle, we go to the Lord in thanksgiving. As we come to this season of thanksgiving, our hearts should be already in tune to Thanksgiving. And so when we need to grow in cheerfulness and giving, it starts with first and foremost being grateful for all that the Lord has done in and through and around us. We will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. As believers, we should be the most thankful people on the face of the planet. As believers, we should be the most thankful people on the face of the planet that God has taken us sinful people and he has given us life eternal and we didn't pay a cent for it as believers we should be the most grateful people on the face of the planet so growing in cheerfulness means growing in gratefulness but it also means growing in eternal perspective our goal is to grow in our eternal perspective that we would give that we would go, that we would share, that we would be generous with all that we have because we recognize that we are storing up our treasures, not here on earth where moth and rust would destroy, but we are we're storing up and laying up treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. Because we recognize that where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. We look at the eternal perspective. We look at the eternal in mind. And this, this means whole life. It means stewardship of everything that God has entrusted to us. In fact, we believe highly and heavily in the idea of stewarding all that God has given you. And so we want to help you in any way that we possibly can. That's why we offer classes. We have conversations. We, we have different things that play out. One of those things is uh, just legacy planning. But a year ago Brittany and I went through a a process of what does stewardship look like in our home and so this year stewardship season we we sat down in stewardship and just asked well we haven't talked about what happens when we die How, how have we stewarded all that God has entrusted to us who's gonna keep our kids who's gonna help raise our children we went through the stewardship process through our foundation and we were able to make a plan we're able to talk about what that looked like and even to talk about what does it mean for us to be generous with our gifts after we even pass away when our kids are taken care of thought about that in the sense of looking at some of these pictures and looking at what happens for our mission trips and for our children that there are saints who have gone home to be with the Lord and their gifts are still producing kingdom benefits they're still sending kids to kids camp and youth camp and choir tours they're still buying bibles and sending mission tours and still partnering with church planners So this morning, we just put an insert in your outline. Do you have a legacy plan? And I would encourage you, if you do not, to consider it because we believe not just in the stewardship of our gifts today and the gifts that God has entrusted to us now, but even far on and out into the future. What does stewardship, whole life, total life look like in your life? It looks like growing in cheerfulness, growing in thankfulness, that our grateful generosity would produce earthly and eternal benefits. We do that through prayerful planning and prayerful implementation. Friends, the question for us this morning would just simply be, as you take stock of all that God has blessed and entrusted to you, how will you prayerfully, how will you through planning, how will you implement all that God has brought to your doorstep to utilize for his kingdom advance. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you. We come to this time at the conclusion of this service to simply say that. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for all the things that we've seen, all the things that we've experienced here today. Thank you, Lord, that because you live, we can face tomorrow, we can face today, we can face our future knowing that you hold our future. Lord, all fear is gone. So Lord, would we faithfully surely day in and day out, follow you, trust in you. And Lord, at the end of the day, would we be found faithful? Knowing that if we're faithful today, we'll be found faithful at the end. Lord, we love you. We thank you for Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen.